Women Taking the Lead, episode 196. Start going for what you want to get really, really clear. I think one of the, the biggest things that held me back for a long time was that I just felt like, well, if this doesn't work out, that's okay. I can do something else. And it's true, but it also meant that at the first sign of difficulty, I would just give up and start some new project. So I, I stopped with that and I'm now more able to follow through with my goals because I have a stronger connection to them. And welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Esther Kish, who is the founder of Born to Influence, a boutique publicity firm specializing in helping experts and personal brands get more publicity, leads, and sales. Her clients have been featured on TV, in newspapers, magazines, and on some of the top podcasts in the world, resulting in millions of dollars in additional sales. She is also the producer and host of Born to Influence, the marketing show, where she interviews highly successful entrepreneurs and New York Times bestselling authors about their marketing and publicity strategies. As our publicity was in your bio three times, and I so struggle with that word, but I love that that's the work you do. And you and I both know that's just an overview of what you do. So if you could tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Yeah, I mean, I'm a very, very curious person. So <laughs> it was very much like a treasure hunt going from queue to queue to queue. There really wasn't a big grand master plan to say that I'm going from point A to B. And this is how it's going to be. I just found that when something interested me, I would go for it and try and explore and see what are the opportunities, which led me to live in six different countries before I moved over here to the U.S. nine years ago and tried my hand at a number of different uh, type of industries and businesses, you know, anything from day trading to acting. <laughs> and I ended up doing publicity because my background is in um, marketing and business development. And when my good friend, Meta Muller and I launched our podcast, Born to Influence, three years ago, the whole idea was to make friends with influencers. And I didn't even know what the business was going to be, but I really, really wanted to make friends with New York Times bestselling authors and high-level successful entrepreneurs. And I thought, what's what's a better way than to give them a platform to help them promote their books or coaching programs or events and organically developed into a publicity services business. Oh, that is so smart. And you know, sometimes that's what it looks like there. You know, I've met a few people who at a young age knew exactly what they wanted to be doing, what they needed to do to get there, but they're in the minority. Most of us, we call it fall into jobs. We fall into different things, you know, that suits our skills or we try it out for a little while. But, you know, and it sounds like you've had a similar story as I had in that whatever I did, it ended up benefiting me. 
for the next thing I was doing. I definitely built skills and learned things along the way that helped me to do the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly how I feel about what I do as well right now, that everything that I've done so far informs the way I approach my work today. Mm -hmm. And clearly you have become very successful, even if it happened accidentally, you know, you've had success, but it was, it was because of what you did. I know you're a hard worker and you're smart and you're savvy and you've definitely gained confidence. Like, you know what you're doing. There's always more to learn, but you know, whenever you and I chat, I can hear the confidence in your voice of, of what you're up to and the next steps you're going to take. But let's start off with a story. And in this story, I would love for you to share a time when you were playing small. You may, and most of us aren't aware of it at the time that we're playing small. We think we're just doing what we're doing. But later on, when we've gained new skills and more confidence, we look back and realize, oh my goodness, I could have done so much more, I, but I held myself back. So share with us that story and the lessons you learned. You know, I used to be extremely shy. It's funny that you mentioned confidence when you talk with me, but it's really, I, my even my nickname, my nickname is Pinky, right? And I got it from my ex and everybody used to call me that him and his family and all my friends, especially when I lived back in Europe. And a few years then I asked him, that, why do you call me that? <laughs> He said, because I, I assume it's because I love the color pink, right? But I just wanted him to, to share his point of view. And he said, well, because you always blush. Because <laughs> <laughs> I used to be so extremely shy that every single time somebody would talk to me, even just unexpectedly, I would be going up in flames. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me at a level where I was playing very small. I wasn't expressing myself the way I could have, even, even in acting school. I remember that was one of the... Uh, consistent uh, pieces of advice and feedback that I would get from my teachers that stops being so scared. And it's so funny because it sounds like somebody who is on stage or on camera, they, you know, they are not shy, but it's different because you're hide, sort of hiding behind somebody else's words, right? You, the words are written for you and you're playing another character and not really necessarily showing up in a way that if you didn't have any lines written for you, any words written for you. So mm-hmm. I feel like that was a consistent theme in my life that I was like that until I finally made that conscious decision when we launched the podcast with Meta that, okay, it's time to play bigger and it's time to elevate the network that I have and the level of connections and friendships that I have. And it wasn't because I knew where it was going to lead specifically as far as what business it was going to be. I just knew that I couldn't stand it anymore the way it was. Mm. And so this was a recent decision you took on to stop being shy and to put yourself out there. Well, as as far as connecting with influencers, Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, it was about three years ago. Mm -hmm. And what lessons have you learned since, you know, so this has been a process for you of overcoming your shyness. You know, how has this impacted your day-to-day life? It's, it's made me a little bit more uh, taking charge and, and feeling more in control of what's happening. And I think it, it even doesn't necessarily have to do with the decision of not being shy because it still focuses on shyness. It's more about clarity around what I want. When I wasn't very clear about my goals, anything and everything that was around me, of course, uh, inspired some kind of a reaction and that would go with how I reacted rather than being clear that this is what I want and then no matter what happens, I'm shaping the next steps so that I get to my goal. And as soon as I got the clarity of, okay, this is what I'm going for, 
that's where it shifted that, okay, it's not that hard to act in a certain way now. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like, you know, part of the, you know, shyness or hesitancy came from not being sure what you wanted, but that this new clarity and surety gave you a sense of confidence. And I don't even know if I would call it confidence, but you just knew what you needed to do and you did it. Yeah. Yeah. And and also I think shyness is very different from being an introvert or from not wanting to be around people that much. Mm -hmm. Shyness is very, very situational. So we all have circumstances where we feel empowered and in charge of a particular situation or, you know, we know what we are doing. Let's say you have an authority position between yourself and the other person that you're talking to, whether it's a family member or a colleague or another entrepreneur or a child. There are situations where you know that you are in charge. And then there are a bunch of other situations where it doesn't feel that way. So a really good way to to transform yourself is to remember one of those memories where you felt like you were in charge, where you felt competent, tap into that energy and then feel physically what it felt like, feel it in your gut and then have that emotion with you as you're acting in your current circumstances. I just felt it. So thank you. <laughs> that was, that's a great exercise to do to bring on those feelings of feeling confident and comfortable in your own skin. And then it creates that experience. I love that. And Esther, now if you could share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call, either a flashbulb moment and aha or a slow awakening. But in either case, there's usually a moment where you're ready to take action. So if you could share with us what led up to that moment and the steps you took that led to your success. One of the uh moments where I felt like it was, I think it was probably a slow awakening is when I started doing all these little projects, not knowing what my business was going to be for four and a half years ago. I was still acting for the most part, but I was also doing day trading because, you know, out of work actors are usually waiters and I didn't want to do that. (laughs) So living in Los Angeles, I was doing a lot of day trading and then taking on small little projects and gigs while I was building out my coaching business. And I remember um, one time I was doing the subtitles for a movie and I was invited to Technicolor to look at the uh, quality control for the subtitles for the Hungarian translation of a uh, movie. And I remember that they paid per project and I think I got like $60 for like 20 minutes at work. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is great. <laughs> you know? It felt like so little effort because of course I'm fluent in the language and so it, it didn't feel like a big deal. But to them, it was a huge help to to know whether it's it's done well or not. And to me, it was like, oh, I could just do these simple little things about things that I know how to do. And I'll just figure out what the business is actually going to be. But for right now, I just need to keep an open mind. That's awesome. And how, again, I'm going to go back to how do you keep applying this, you know, this slow awakening to the work that you're doing today? Patience with other people. A lot of what I do, especially in publicity, has to do with understanding my clients' clients and understanding what they are looking for and what would actually make them moved and then helping my clients develop that intentional media message content that they can share in their interviews and in their articles that they write and all the content that they do. And so having this 
clarity about understanding who they are, who those clients are, who my clients are working with, and then gently guiding them towards it so that it doesn't feel like when they're doing interviews that they all they talk about is their solution and uh, their experience, but rather to connect emotionally with the audience who they're looking to attract. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because in a way, it's like another type of translation for people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. And Esther, what I always ask about is leadership style, because for me, I think it's so important for everyone to understand that there is no one way to lead. There are, you know, fundamentals of leadership, but our personalities and our strengths and our experiences all add to it so that our style is a little bit different than everybody else's. So Esther, how would you describe your leadership style? It's probably pretty straightforward, although I, I like to be nice to people, <laughs> hopefully not hurt anybody's feelings, but I like to be very, very clear. So a lot of times when I make a request, for example, when I talk to an influencer and I say, I suggest that we hop on a, a Skype call or a phone call to connect and see how we might collaborate. I always make sure that I make it very clear to them why, you know, what, what I think we have in common and also giving them an easy out. So I might say something like, hey, I don't know for sure that we can do business together, but uh, it's really worth a, f a few minutes to explore. And let me know if you would like to hop on a call or what does your schedule look like in the next couple of weeks, something like that, where it's very easy for them to say either yes or no. I'm not attached to the result, but at the same time, it's with a very positive um, expectation where they can feel safe and they know that there is no pressure. I'm not particularly attached to any result. Mm -hmm. More of an easygoing style and letting people decide for themselves. Yes. Nice. And Esther, what's one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? I'm working on transitioning more into coaching. So I've been doing publicity services as a done for you service for experts, coaches and consultants and, um, you know, writers, speakers, authors. But I'm also looking to add more on the coaching side where I release group coaching programs and teach it to those who are in similar industries who are looking to develop a personal brand, but they can't quite justify hiring a publicist and they would like to learn these skills for themselves and then apply it. Mm -hmm. I love that because I remember uh, the last time we talked, which was not during this interview, you had mentioned your clients tended to already be making six figures. They tended to be more well-known people. So this group pro program really opens it up for anybody to learn the skills that you use to help your bigger clients. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's really fun too. <laughs> mm -hmm. And who's ideal for this group program? It's people who have a very particular set of expertise. They're clear about how they help people with their uh, projects, with their services and products. And they know that they need the publicity for more credibility, for up-leveling their network, and for connecting with high-level influencers and ultimately getting more leads and sales as well. And they're ready to step into the spotlight. They're ready to give interviews. They're willing to share their message in a bigger way to make a bigger impact. If you have that, then the rest of it is just logistics. It's, it's just really very much a mindset thing that, okay, I want to be out there and I want to make an impact and help people in a bigger way than I could just through my own audience. Mm -hmm. And you know, it just to, you know, make a distinction because I see in some group programs, people sign up for the wrong program. They sign up for the program that's actually three steps ahead of where they are mm -hmm. and they're scrambling to catch up. 
up. So to be absolutely clear, this is not the program for people who are still trying to figure out what their message is, what they want to provide. This, right. this is not the place to do it. This is for when you have it all nailed down and this, you help them to just amplify you know, the message. So it's broadcasted to a larger audience than what they're yes. currently reaching. Yep. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Esther, what would you say is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? Probably managing time a little bit better because I'm at a point where I'm scaling and I'm trying to do both the done for you side. And I know that I can't take an endless number of clients on for the done for you publicity services. And at the same time, I'm also gearing up the coaching side. So now I'm at a point where I'm hiring and I'm looking to delegate more so that I can leverage my time better. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> We're all going through that. When you can finally get to that point where you can start delegating out some of the work that you are happy to let go of so you can focus on other things. But it's always a challenge right before you get to that point. And, and you know what? It's, it's the crazy thing. You know, most entrepreneurs, when they first start out by themselves, it's it's hard to let go because you feel like nobody can do it as well as you. <laughs> well, I'm kind of in that, in that situation because I already have a virtual assistant service that I've had for over a year, but I hardly ever let them do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but part of it too is that because it's not always the same person because it's a team, it's through a company. Mm -hmm. Now I feel like I need to have just one dedicated person who can be a constant point of contact for clients and for media contacts as well. I just don't like it when the answer is coming from a gazillion different people. So I would rather hire someone directly. Right. Have one person who knows your business inside and out and can speak yes. to it rather than constantly letting, you know, trying to catch people up to what you have yeah, going on. That, that didn't work. I didn't even drive. Like, okay, I have you guys for doing behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that hopefully nobody sees. Yeah, makes perfect sense. So Esther, you, you've talked a little bit about it. Um, because one thing that came up, I added a question to um, the, the flow that I use some time ago, because some women who were listening to the podcast reached out and, you know, expressed that they, they felt like they, you know, they were hearing stories of women who just seemed to be doing all these amazing things on their own. And the perception was, you know, was that the women who were listening, they weren't as capable or they didn't have what it takes when in reality that the women I interview on the show, they have a whole team of people that help them do what they do. Part of the reason why they, they are able to get out there and do so much is because they've outsourced, like you said, you've been doing for the past year. If you could, if there are other people um, on your team that support you, can you give us an overview of your team and the people who support you to be able to do what you do? Yeah. So one of the very first things that I got rid of, of I'm not doing it myself, is the tech stuff. And that's been several years now because I was at one point, I was like that. I want to create my little goal. I want to do my website. <laughs> I'm so not technical. It was very, very disastrous. So I ended up outsourcing that first. And then now on an ongoing basis, one is the VA service. The second is a publicist who I work with on a per project basis. So a lot of the outreach, especially in the online media space, to podcasters are um, pitches and follow-ups that I do myself because I've been in this space for so long. But then also I have clients who want to be on TV and radio and like traditional media. 
sometimes I do that, those pitches myself and in other, at other times for specific markets, I hire publicists in-house who would do that for me and, you know, not have them as full-time employees, but I hire them for that particular project. And that's really, really helpful because it's just a very time-consuming thing. So I'm still there creating the creative parts of what the pitch is going to be. And then they are the ones who are making the phone calls and the follow-ups and the emails to help me get more done in less time. Mm-hmm. And for you up to be able to help more clients too. Yes. It's huge. Yeah. All right. Now, Esther, I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? It's probably just not thinking too much. I'm, I'm fairly decisive. And so when I, I'm i clear on a goal, then I don't uh, analyze it too much. I just go for it right away. Mm-hmm. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? There is a book by Keith Ferrazzi called Never Eat Alone. That book changed my life. I've heard of that. Can you give a, a quick, like, what's obviously, you know, not eating alone. I know what it means. <laughs> what's what? What is the book about? The concept is to always connect with people and allow them to help you and to create win-win-win scenarios where you're able to connect with them in a way that you are contributing to them and they're contributing to you. And this is an older book. I read it maybe like seven years ago for the first time. And at the time, it felt so overwhelming. It's very, very intense, but you don't have to apply everything. You know, you know. at the time, I was like, oh, I want to have 5,000 contacts in my BlackBerry and <laughs> all that stuff and always talking on the phone, always connecting and Introducing people, you don't have to take it to the extreme, but take it to heart that the more you can help others by connecting them, making introductions, the more it will come back to you as well to elevate your network and your level of relationships as well. Mm-hmm. And Esther, what advice would you give your younger self? To just start going for what you want to get really, really clear. I think one of the the biggest things that held me back for a long time was that I just felt like, well, if this doesn't work out, that's okay. I can do something else. And it's true, but it also meant that at the first sign of difficulty, I would just give up and start some new project. So I I stopped with that and I'm now more able to follow through with my goals because I have a stronger connection to them. Nice. And share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Well, one of my favorites is, you know, that your network is your net worth. It's something that we've heard many times, but it just feels really, really true to me. You can't do it all by my, all, your, all by yourself. It, there is no way that you'll create the level of impact that you could do just working alone. So being intentional about connecting with high-level influencers and developing a really, really great network of people who are already accomplished in the field that they're in, it's going to help you tremendously. Mm-hmm. And lastly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? You can connect with me on my website, borntoinfluence.com. And also there is a really, really cool quiz that I have on the site that helps you decide whether or not you're media ready. Because we were talking about it earlier when you were asking who the group programs are for and everything. You just really need to know when you're in a position that publicity will actually help you. So I have this uh free quiz that you can take is 12 really short yes or no type of fun questions that will help you determine whether or not it makes sense for you to pursue publicity. I love that. Helping people to determine like, is this program for me? Is it not for me? Am I not ready? That's really cool. And and it's not even about the program. It's just about publicity in general. And do you give, do you have somewhere on your site where you give tips for people to help them get media ready? 
Yes. So I do have a checklist. It's called the uh, free me media positioning checklist. And what it helps you with is create a compelling bio and your headshots and the freebies that you need to give away on your interviews. You can get that at borntoinfluence.com forward slash gift. Awesome. Thank you, Esther, for adding that. And for those of you who are listening, I know oftentimes you are on the go, in the car, out for a jog. So you know you can find all the links and resources Esther shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Esther, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me and here's to your success.